News Hounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Welcome to episode 32 of Queen City Nerves News Hounds podcast. This is Ryan Pitkin, as usual, and I got my co-host Justin LaFrancois with me. Mm-hmm. That's the enunciation I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are on a very special week uh, for us two. It is Best of the Nest week, which also means anniversary week for Queen City Nerve. We just turned two. We like a multiple variety of cakes. I'm not a huge fan of coconut. Don't I like pie. I hate coconut. Okay. And I don't like pie at all because it's not cake. And I'm not a huge chocolate fan either, but I love ice cream cake. What? So, oh yeah, no, I hate chocolate. I hate sweets. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You said that something about cake earlier, but you don't like any sweets really, do yeah, you? Yeah, I like ice cream cake. Oh. Well, there you go, folks. Bring us some ice cream cake. Thank you. Um, and we have some special guests here, and you might have seen them on the cover of our Best in the Nest 2020 issue that's on racks right now. Justin and I were out till 9 o'clock last night, Wednesday night, delivering them. Um, <laughs> but we have Janelle Logan here with the McCall Center, newly with the McCall Center. Yes. How's it going, Janelle? Good. How are you? I'm How's doing, everybody? We're just glad to have this thing out on the streets, and we're still still working hard to get it to people online. We're just bitching. <laughs> yeah. We see all that web traffic coming up to our site, and they're all disappointed. We know, but it's coming. I keep getting this email from this one lady that's like, I can't find the newsletter. Where is the best 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 of the nest issue? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll find it eventually. <laughs> it's okay. And we also have Blues here, who shares the title of best hire with Janelle in the best of the nest issue. Blues is recently hired uh, with Blumenthal Arts. What's going on, man? I am great. I'm happy to be here. Me and Janelle been air high fiving. Nice. Like, <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> So you guys have both been in the Charlotte art scene for a good long while, um, and is there? How long have you guys known each other? That's a weird question because I've known of blues right for a while, but we like met met like last year. I was gonna say maybe even over the summer. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Working with the what? Good Citizenship. Yeah, the School of Good Citizenship. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. we did a... What is that? So it was a project that was led by two artists um, out of New York, mm-hmm. uh, Nora and Marshall. And they were really kind of trying to center around the um, National Convention, the Republican RNC, Convention, right. RNC. And then part of what um, the program was uh, went virtual because of covid and then uh, we did this concert series, um, and Blues was the host for that project. Nice. Yeah, Logano Reese, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We did a feature on them, and uh, I, I dug what they did in 2012 with the melting glass. I think right. it said middle class. Not mm-hmm. melting glass, melting ice. <laughs> uh, if they can get glass to melt, that would That'd even be, be amazing. Be, yeah, be even better. Um, you saw glass melt at that thing we went to with Kassan. Sure, they were glass melts. Yeah, it does. Shapes, glass yeah. melts. Hot, hot, okay, though. yeah, it's real, be hot. real hot. 
How hot did they say? In the glory hole? You got to put it <laughs> in the glory a, hole. They call it the glory <laughs> hole. <laughs> um, All you glass blowers listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know. There's place. a place lot awesome. happening right now. Hot glass alley. <laughs> hot glass alley. That's on the Tondo. That place is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, you guys, like we said, we're on the, on the cover of this year's Best of the Nest 2020. And I just wanted to bring you guys in here to sort of... You know, we're at the end of the year, and it's been one of the craziest years mm. uh, any of us have lived through. I'm sh- I, I can say that pretty safely. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't say. <laughs> it's been unprecedented. Shut the fuck up. It's a new <laughs> normal. Um, and, I, you know, there's a lot of, there was a lot of talk about sort of the art scene as a whole last year um, during the whole sales art tax uh, uh, referendum, mm. and it was... Uh, it was actually voted down in the end, but it gave a lot of attention to the needs uh, of the Charlotte art scene, where where things stood. And this scene, like every other scene, has now come into a year where everything has stopped for them. And plenty of other industries and, and cult- subcultures, cultures like food, you know, music, uh, whatever, have all stopped at the same time. It's not similar to 2019 where everyone was thinking about arts. But I do want to sort of throw a spotlight on that here and have this conversation about, you know, we did a we did a story back in March with a lot of different artists from different sides of the performance, visual, music, whatever, discussing, you know, potentially speculating how this was going to affect everything. And now we're sort of nine months in. We had hoped at that time we weren't going to still be dealing with this, and we are not anywhere near you know, done with it. Um, and I wanted to talk about where we stand here as well as where we go in 2021, uh, vaccine or not, um, how things look for um, just the art scene in general. There was a lot of doom and gloom talk when the when the referendum was voted down. And, and I want to get a gist from two people who have, you know, very, who move in those circles and are very involved in both the community and the art scene and the intersections between them. Um, so I, I guess we'll just sort of start with what you were doing. You know, both of your hires came along during this crisis, but I want to start with sort of how, what you were doing when this all came down and how that either came to a stop or affected your work. And we'll start with you, Janelle, and we'll just sort of go from there and talk about it. Okay. So, um, when, COVID started or when all the shutdowns and everything started, I was still with the League of Creative Interventionists. Um, And as an organization, we support artists who are working in community. So we really had to, at first, you know, everybody was like, okay, it'll just be a couple weeks, right? We were just like, we'll just like hang out for a minute. (laughs) Wrong. You know, and then it was like, I know. And it's like, this isn't stopping. So like, what do we do? And at first, I don't know. It's like a moment where you're like, we'll just hang out, right? But then it's like, no, the work still has to get done. And so for us, it was really important to to keep the artists safe. And so we all kind of like paused and started to think about like, how can we actually do this work? Because community is still important. Um, Doing creating opportunities for folks to like still address concerns in their neighborhoods and bring people together is still important. So what do we do? So we shifted really hard, like a lot of organizations, to do like programming online and particularly our community conversations. So having people talk about like what are the issues, how do we kind of make change? 
And then we also, um, and I give credit to the, the fellows, um, you know, we're like, okay, so how do we, for example, transform um, what was supposed to be a mobile maker space that would go into neighborhoods, get, have people gather around it and make work? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do we change that into something that we can do? So we go from a bus to building these kits that have all the explanations about projects in it and supplies, and then we partnered with community organizations during food drives Mm -hmm. to get those materials out. Um, And like thinking about how do we build neighborhood kind of cohesion in this moment, we also like included a project where on a particular day, everyone would go outside um, and put this um, garden sign, you know, like by my house, like, you know, the Mm -hmm. typical kind of thing. But they designed it um, for in one neighborhood Mother's Day. So they would go out and have this exhibition where if you drove by, walked by, or looked out your window, you could see this kind of community exhibition. Mm -hmm. So really kind of thinking about that and as the year now (laughs) that's kind of is it wasn't a couple weeks i know as it's kind of gone on we're still thinking about how do we do this work so we've been able to partner um with an organization in seattle um on like how to encouraging people to think about community engagement um but we're still figuring it out and i think that's the thing like at first we wanted an answer and that's not real, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, now it's, we'll figure it out. And that I say that a lot. Like, right. can we? We'll figure it out, right? Because that's all we can do. And if we give ourselves mm-hmm. enough grace to own that and, and to accept that, I think we can get where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Blues, what, how, how have you, uh, you know, where were you when this, when this came down? What were you working <laughs> on? And, and how did that? I was, I was still kind of reeling over the, uh, the art, the art tax thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, because I, I worked, I worked on that for a mm-hmm. minute too. I and I, I wrote a whole thing. I was on a commercial. It was, it was a lot. And I was like, this is great. This is gonna, this is gonna be what we need to to help the artists and creatives in our city. And I was like, you can't overlook this because, you know, we are the economy for a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And when it got voted down, I was hella pissed. I was like, <laughs> yo. City doesn't know shit. Fuck these mo- yeah, I was, yeah. I was like hot, hot. Like yeah. I took it personally. Mm-hmm. And then we move into the new year. Kobe dies, and I'm just that was a shocker. And so I had, I had a few gigs lined up. I was gonna tour a couple colleges. I was gonna do, you know, work some stuff with Pride Magazine. There was, there was just some things in the works. And then, you know, like y'all, I was like, oh, well, there's this thing going, but yeah. it's not going to affect me. I was, I was completely arrogant about it. Like, it's just, this ain't got shit to do with me. I'm finna get out on this road and make this money. Right. <laughs> Next thing you know, people are like, yo, we got canceled. We got canceled. We got everything's getting canceled at once. And then I'm like, damn, like, mm-hmm. what, are we, what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And I remember being in this room, do, not in this room, in the tiny studio where now it seems unfathomable to sit in, but we were recording a podcast, looking at all the stuff getting canceled, right? and just being like, oh, shit, like, like wow. So, so then you're, you're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what, as an artist, I was like, yo, I got to pay these phone bills, this rent's got to get, I was, I was there, I was like there, and I, and I hadn't been there in a minute. So I was like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, literally, I was like, I, I don't know how to show up anybody, at anybody's construction site to be like, yo, I need work. I didn't know 
what the thing was to do. So I, I noticed everybody in the city started doing these things called Zoom and doing, you know, got real IG heavy. I'm like, oh, all right, so we're moving, we're moving in that direction. So mm-hmm. being able to see how that started working and folks remembering who I was and what it, what it is that I do started reaching out that way. And we're like, yo, can you host this event? Can you do this event? And it was all virtual stuff. And I was like, hell yeah, yeah, this is what we'll do. And so my pivot was literally moving to my phone, like moving to, the, to this digital virtual world, which was weird because I'm used to the energy of people. Like when you're right. on stage and whatever you're doing, you're used to that feedback. So then I it was just... an important time. I, I don't mean to keep cutting you off and I will yeah. stop in a second. <laughs> but I did not mention, and I'm thinking about people listening right now, like who are, what do these people do? So these people do a lot, but I'm just going to start with the fact that the background being Janelle as a visual artist mm-hmm. and uh, Blue's sort of building his name in spoken word poetry. Right. And then from there, we'll discuss all the things <laughs> that have happened from there. But I just wanted to give that at least a little bit of context. But go right. ahead. So, so then I, I'm moving into this virtual world, which was, which was okay. I'm used, I'm used to shooting a video. That's, that's easy because you can start, stop, you know it's going to be edited. But this virtual thing was live, and there's other people looking back at you, and they're not necessarily giving you the the organic and, and really connected response that you're you're used to but they're you know they're like they're on mute or whatever and you're just like all right this is this is what we're doing now and so it was really it was really funky to move through that because since covid happened and a lot of artists can can sort of attest to this in, in a way they've got more busy right they got more busy than they were before covid they got more busy after this whole, the artist uh, tax referendum got shut down. When, that, when we did get that, you know, things were like in this hole. But then this pandemic happens and now we're all busy as hell. Which made me think, I was like, you know what? We, we needed that money for this moment, but now y'all need us for sure. Like, remember when we were telling you mm-hmm. that we were the important thing that you needed in the city? And now look at you calling. And I think that the funny thing was, <laughs> I was like, if we were super petty about it, we should have just charged them hella money to do whatever it is we wanted to do. <laughs> like, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this money one way or another. Like, you could have just came up off 25 cents, but now the shit's going to cost you 2500 for me to sit here and look cute on your TV screen. It was, it was, it was that kind of thing that made me say, all right, we've, we've all had to pivot. We've all had to kind of, some of us had to eat crow. Some of us had to figure out who we were, but we all had to move. There wasn't, there wasn't any sort of, there was a moment where we stopped to figure out what was going on. And then we all said, all right, this is how we got to move and we've got to move. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, it was, it was continuous movement. Um, some of it went down and then I figured out how to get back up and then keep climbing up. Absolutely. And just as far as, you know, moving forward and, and starting on these new jobs, uh, whoever wants to start, just as far as how did you, we'll, we'll start with you, Janelle, just as far as how did you get in touch, or, or I'm sure you've always been in touch with Armando and folks at McCall, but mm-hmm. how did you sort of start to, did someone just hit you up one day and say you want this position? Because I'm sure that's not how it works. But before I answer that, I do want to shout out Alex Alcorn, because I was mm-hmm. talking about her project, which was a mobile maker space. So I think oh, gotcha. Ownership of like projects for folks is real. For sure. Alex is awesome. So, um, how did, so I have been connected to the McCall just, I mean, cause if you're in the arts here, especially in the visual arts, like you like roll through the same spaces. And so, um, knew what they did have done 
loved um, this whole idea of like working with living artists and supporting emerging artists in particular. Like that is my thing um, because I think coming from a traditional arts background, it's super easy to like like stay with folks that are established and or dead because they don't argue with you, right? <laughs> you just like show the work and, and that's not what really is, is compelling to me. And so um, they, as an organization, have been um, really doing some like soul searching and, and looking at what they're doing. And the opportunity for a creative director came up and it was really something exciting. So, you know, I knowing kind of what was happening in the positions that the organization was taking, it was attractive. So I applied and it, it worked out. Right. Yeah. So it's it's really um I'm excited. Yeah. And I I'm thankful. Too. I think it's amazing. I mean, you I heard your name here and there, but I, I really became familiar with you through uh, being forced to look at your work every day. <laughs> no, but what that means is here at Advent Coworking, where we're recording, uh, Janelle curates, but also creates a lot of it, right? I curate. Oh, just no, curate. No, yeah. So, okay. I, I don't, yeah. So those mirrors and things, those, those that, are not yours. No. Okay, gotcha. No. You curate a lot of the the interior design art art wise mm-hmm. um, for here at Advent, uh, and that was sometime in 2019, right? It's been yeah. there a while. Yeah, yeah, COVID. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was like you know tracking people down to get their work back and just like figuring out like how are we entering spaces and like I didn't even know that was you. That was me because I remember when all those new pieces went up in the front room, and I was mm-hmm. like, these pieces are fucking awesome. See? Yeah. Way better than the it. ones that were up here before they got replaced. <laughs> Someone is listening right now, like, damn it. I'm very I'm very critical of art because of how subjective it is. Um, As you should be. But you had um, and that's what led us to sort of become familiar with you. And then Pat wrote the feature about League of Creation League of Creative Interventionists. I know it's a lot. Oh, yeah, it's a mouthful, but it's amazing work that you guys do through that. Um, but I think something that I've been thinking about because we mentioned them in Best in the Nest uh, is the residency they had there right before they hired you, the resident residency mm-hmm. that the other Janelle, Janelle Dunlap, mm-hmm. um, curated and put helped put together. The bunch of local, I think it was actually five or six local artists, um, and they were they were focused. Their main focus was on um, social justice art and the role of art in social justice mm-hmm. um, and. Some of the things Janelle told me when we spoke during December, January, when that residency was popping off, was so prescient. To she was basing it on what happened in 2016, and mm-hmm. she was sort of had taken issue with you know calling it calling the protest an uprising because she thought that was similar to calling it a riot and, and over exaggerating and and turning letting the activists uh, look like. Just look like criminals are running yeah, wild, things yeah. like that. And that's a lot of what she was trying to do with this residency. And then, obviously, as we all know, um, in May, with George Floyd's death, things on a more national scale than maybe ever before. I don't know if, you know, Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin did have national um, reactions, but this was something it felt different. And we all saw what happened in Charlotte um, almost it was pro- definitely more intense than even 2016, mm-hmm. uh, the reaction. and More intense or longer? Both, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was just, there was one night of tear gassing 
2016. That I was on CNN. And, I wasn't around for that. Yeah, and Uptown and stuff. But there were, this was a lot bigger, I think. Not to like sit here and make it a competition between the two, but just, <laughs> just you know, we we know how it all went down, and then we saw Art's role in it into a certain sense with the Black Lives Matter mural, and everybody sort of was aware of that, and um, they had the guy vandalize it the day after it was created mm-hmm. or the day it was created or something, and then closed down the street. So I'm curious as coming into McCall, where they had this residency that was based on that, uh, and obviously I want to get your thoughts on this too, Blues, but just on a broader scale. What role you see art playing in a movement, uh, a reckoning, as we called it in last podcast, uh, the racial reckoning that we've seen. <laughs> I, I thought you said recent reckoning. Yeah. I was like, and he didn't understand what we were talking about. Uh, but this, the sort of what, what, what were we talking about? The, the funniest tweet I've seen all year: white people will call racism everything that's going on. <laughs> so with everything that's going on <laughs> this year, I mean, where do you see art playing a role in that? Um, because in my mind, it's hugely important. I mean, the arts have never not played a role in change, revolution, transformation. I mean, when we think about, gosh, I mean, you trace it from like, you know, songs that slaves sung to like remember history or to like send messages where to go or to like simply be, you know, rebellious. Um, When we think about, you know, murals in Chicago, like all of it, right? That creative impulse has been a part of who we are and acts of resistance for as long as we've been able to sing, make marks, move our bodies. Um, And so I think what happens though is that the creative process has been commodified into this thing called the art world where we somehow try to separate creation from the people that are making it. And so... It's there. It's, it's a part of it. I think it allows for creativity, allows for people to have a different voice. Um, and it's, I think, lasts longer in some cases than a statement, right? The idea that, you know, at Rockefeller Center, with Diego Rivera was commissioned to do a mural, he puts it up. It's um, offensive to, like, you know, billionaires and all that, right? So the Rockefellers had to chisel that thing, have somebody, they didn't do it, (laughs) have somebody, like, take it down, right? But that act of, like, mark-making, it is present, it lingers, and then you physically have to respond to it um, in a way that me saying something to you does not have, like, a a similar impact, I think, is important, and we forget that a lot. Um, I mean, I kind of feel like, like, you know, poetry and performance. I was about so to say, much, blues, so. blues can say something to you. Yeah, and it has have like the same a part effect. of that. I I think it, the the words always hit hit the mark depending on how you say them and where you say them. Um, but I also think you know part of it blends with the culture of particularly hip hop. Um, when we think about hip hop, when we, I, and for me, I think about the graffiti artist and the dancers, and, and of course the MCs and DJs, but more more so graffiti artists, because you know with hip hop we're always told what we can't do and where we can't do it, and we figure out how to do so, and and then we do so. Um, and looking at the Black Lives Matter mural, I mean, we put that right on the ground, um, right on the street uptown, and, and granted we had to have some sort of permission to do it, but when we did it, you know, it went down heavy. And there was a lot of conversation that sparked around it. And, you know, a lot of conversation that was, you know, from, from some black folks, like, you know, what does this even mean? Why do we even do this? This is a waste of time. And 
that was a, that was a whole nother thing that that <laughs> that triggered me. But <laughs> it, it, it was it was cool to see that happen. It was a sign of change. It was a sign of 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 saying we see you and we recognize who you are, not just as as black bodies, but creators in the city. Which again was 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 to me was we've told y'all we are an economic power and force in, in the city, particularly Charlotte. Um, has a lot of talented folks here. And if you just let us do what we do, you know, we can bring not only just uh, more economy to the city, but more culture. I, I have this, I, and I have it on my phone, this clip of Francine Smith from um, American Dad saying, this city is devoid <laughs> of culture, just like the city, is fast growing and devoid of culture like Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, wow. That shit was wow. on American Dad. And I was like, Fuck. Bro, you got that on your phone? I want to play that. I didn't that even see here. that. No, I, I never I, saw I will, that before. I will show it to you. And when I yeah. saw it, when I heard it, at the time that I heard it, it was the most accurate shit I had ever yeah. heard. And this is, pre, this, is before, this is before COVID. This is before mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. And I was like, that is crazy because it's, it's right. Because at the time, before we got to do all these murals and everything, Charlotte was just a, a money machine. And there were so many people living here trying to be who they were that they couldn't get the access to to be creative. And so they moved away from the city, blah, blah, blah. But when we get back to where we are now with the protests and we get back to where we are now with 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 <laughs> the uprisings, mm -hmm. um, you get to see how many really talented artists are out here who have a very powerful voice, mm -hmm. a very, very uh, impactful voice with, with not just, you know, some of it with words, but the visual artists I've seen in the city. Mm -hmm. And the, the 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 age that they are, mm -hmm. like, oh my God, how can you be twenty something and see the world like this in such a perspective that it hits so hard? And I'm like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? I mm -hmm. get it because you're we're all living in this age now, you know, where you know, we grow up the <laughs> I always said if Instagram was a thing in high school, I'd be ruined. Like, oh, I would be oh, ruined. Oh, if Twitter oh, was a thing man. in high school, I'd be ruined. Oh, man. I'd be ruined. Oh. But these kids know how to use it. Right. And, and they know how to express themselves and get the, and get the world out. So when we talk about the idea of the, this world being small, this world is super tiny now, right? Mm -hmm. And fast. Super tiny and fast. And these kids know how to... Uh, navigate through that with their voice and with their power, and they support each other uh, in such ways that it's, it's uplifting. Because, you know, uh, while we want them to lean on us, we're not always the connection, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes things just won't connect generational, whatever it is. But when they get together and realize how powerful they are and start using that power, when they take it to the streets, you know, and I always say, protesting is a young person's game. Mm -hmm. um, which is why, you know, older folks just protest that one good time. Yeah. <laughs> they put on their real good suit and yeah. do it at one good time. But these kids are out here every day, every night, doing it, uh, marching, getting, getting, getting shit done. And it was just so good to see. So, yeah, when, when, we, when we think, you know, how do the arts connect with those things and make things move, it's, it's very youth-driven. And, and it's important to, to listen to what they're doing and seeing what they're doing. So, right. yeah, for sure. And... I think the um, you look like you had something to say. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. She so got something. I don't want to stop it. No, no, no. Okay. I, I'll, I'll try. I'll remember. Okay. Well, we think of um, one of the the uh, most important artistic outlets in terms of you know that movement is hip hop, and that's something that you know 
right now you're in, I don't know what I would call it, the middle stages of, you held We Are Hip Hop The Reveal, which is sort of a teaser event <laughs> with Blumenthal, and hoping to do the, the, the festival, We Are Hip Hop Festival in January. Um, tell me a little bit how you got involved with Blumenthal and what that, what, this is your first big event with them, right? Um... As an employee, yes. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, but, right, right, right. But uh, no, nah, I've I've been I've had a relationship in uh, with Blumenthal for, gosh, over maybe twelve, fifteen years. So doing the poetry and working on different events, but particularly uh, we got started with uh, really heavy into the hip hop with Breaking Convention when Breaking Convention came about four years ago. Shouts out to John Z D over there in London Town. Um, so that came, and then we did three years with, with them, and then uh, the fourth year came up, and there was sort of this hole of where, what are we going to do? So Charlotte Shout comes up, and Tom's like, what if we just gather up our community, a hip-hop community, and do our own thing? And it was like, bet, let's do it. And that's, that's where that hip-hop show came from. It wasn't We Are Hip Hop yet. It didn't get mm -hmm. to be that till this year, till we were circling back around. And we were prepared for Shout. And then, of course, COVID. So we had to pivot, fix things up, make Shout things up. Shout seems kind of COVID-friendly, though, right? No. It's like uh, the outdoor installations. Yeah. No. 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 Is Shout not the thing everything, of? everything that I did for Shout, I wasn't near anybody because I hate being near people. So I don't know. Well, The it, big bunnies in the yard and like the... But people were yeah. like draped over those things. Yeah, that's like true. They, like oh. seesaws they, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, jumped, yeah. I right. jumped up in front of it and got a picture that made it look like the bunny was giving birth to me. <laughs> I didn't touch, wow. right. touch anything. Yeah. So where where shout might look like it's it's distance, but there was a lot of overlap. Right. A lot of folks back on. I was gonna say a lot of folks on top of each other. <laughs> That's a different thing. Anyway, so <laughs> it's uh, another one of Blumenthal's events. Yeah. <laughs> so shout shout was supposed to happen, and we were gonna do our event for shout, but of course things get pushed back and switched around. So uh, we are hip hop. You know, came came through and shouts out to Bree Stallings and Greg Jackson, who are also the. Uh, other co-curators for for the NAJ Glasgow, uh, so we. Oh, we, sure. I didn't know he was yeah, involved. I love exactly AJ. the dance portions of that. So love all those people that you just said. But AJ, yeah, I was about to say, super like, dope. Seem pretty critical of the other two. No. Super <laughs> dope people, and you know the the name was born from that. And then you know we were like, all right, so where are we going to do this thing? And then partnership with Camp Northend came along, and you know we were able to to really pull that off. And it was it was so amazing. We didn't know it was going to be. We knew it was going to be okay, but we didn't know the num the, when the numbers came out. We were like, holy shit, people really showed up. And I think on top of that, it was a really cool hip-hop event. But also, It was so awesome. Yeah. Was. I think the weather helped, and I think people were just ready to get the fuck outside. Like mm -hmm. People were just ready to be outdoors. So while we didn't plan for that success, that success also said, all right, we have to do this particular thing again. Um, on not just our, our hip-hop show that we were going to do in the theater, which we've moved from January to February okay. um, just to give us some time. But, you know, that's just one part of it. we got to figure out we're, – we're trying to figure out how to do this maybe quarterly throughout the year because people enjoyed it. It was outdoors. It was, it was real community. It was, a, it was a bunch of love and whatnot. And the demographics were great. We had young to old, white to black, whatever, whatever you were and however you engaged in hip-hop – that event was for you when you showed up, and that was that was super cool. I like the intersection of uh, not only the different hip hop elements between DJ Battle and uh, 
b-boy and uh, rapping but there's also the live painting that brie brought along and, and things like that with the visual you're always going to have visual art at any event mm-hmm. at camp north End. there's oh, going to yeah, be sure. artists out there that's just always just one of my favorite things to see um camp north end's okay that's your favorite i have i have critical opinions of it yeah, I'm getting the idea. You got critical opinions of a lot I'm of things. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm keeping a list over here. I'm like, okay. I've got, I've got one critical opinion that's personal and three that are not personal. But yeah, I love that place. I love Friday nights at Camp North. Gotta, it's right up the street I've from my house. I've got to hear these critical opinions all day, every day. That's <laughs> just what I have to sit with. He's familiar. And then he just says shit that pissed me off that's not critical. Like last night, how much he loves South End, and he really thinks it's the best ever. <laughs> just knowing he's going to piss me off. All right. <laughs> um, I just, well, you know, I love it. I have a question. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. You don't love it? No, I hate South End. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it, I have a question, though. Okay. Right. So, and it, so it's like this thing that doesn't. I don't know. So when we talk about Charlotte, right, and that the idea of Charlotte being culturally dead, devoid, right. yada, yada, right? But then all these, like, amazing things are happening and all these people are here. It's kind of sometimes, sometimes I agree with that statement. Right. But sometimes I feel like it's a cop-out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I never agree with that statement, mm-hmm. ever. And it's our job, like what we do, we're, we're a culture rag. We write about arts and culture all the time. And I hear people say that to me right. all the time. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, there's nothing to see here. There's nothing right. to do here when it comes to the arts. There's no culture. There's no this and that. And it's like, you just you just don't fucking know. Like, yeah, just you because, don't know where to look. Yeah, just because you don't know doesn't mean there's not. Like, I can go to every corner of the city and find something and like know the backstory <laughs> of what makes this that you're looking at culturally engaging mm-hmm. to the city because we look for stuff like that. And it's like, I think the city is absolutely full of culture mm-hmm. and artists and give backers and everybody who contributes positive visual things to the city that, you know, make you think and get you engaged. And most people just have no idea where to look. But I also think it's a frustration thing, right? Like it's an emotional response. It's the easy answer, Mm -hmm. right? There's no culture here. Um, Either I can't access it. There's not enough platforms for people to actually um, kind of show their work. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, with the way that the city is laid out, like I can go to Camp North End, but there might not be something happening, you know, wherever. When you get there, oh, somewhere else, or somewhere uh, else. cherry, cherry. I don't know, right? Why I, I don't that. know. Or when <laughs> you get there, right? Sure. But but I also think that there are those things that are happening, but they're so internal to these communities mm-hmm. that, like, from the outside, it's difficult to find. I mean, my issue is like, what are we doing? And you know, it goes back to the referendum. It goes back to like all these things. Like, what are we doing? to build these, not even build these platforms, to like open the door and leave the space for those things that are happening in other places to be here. Right. Um, and here and here and here. And so when you were kind of talking about I was like, but you just talked about this whole amazing, like... Because because we know better, right? Right. right. That is the burden the of outdoor, we know better. I mean, yeah. it's the outsiders looking in, seeing right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... And and to to a part of that is, is some of the onus is on us when mm-hmm. we talk about these communities and I'll 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 target the dance community real quick um, and it's on and I'm not saying this because it's my opinion I'm saying this because I've heard it several times 
of the vacuums and the the disconnect between the dance community itself, mm-hmm. right? So many people are trying to be top dog in that situation that nobody's really working together. So if Jay and Ryan and Janelle are all working just to do their own thing, I'm an outsider. I'm like, so where's the dance community at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you keep telling <laughs> me about what you're doing and never tell me about these two. Mm-hmm. I will just be like, well, where I come from, there's like seven dance communities and there's only the one? <laughs> So right. I, sometimes I think the collaborative efforts need to happen more intentionally. Uh, and I think, 100%. That's, I think mm-hmm. that's happening a little bit more. Oh, now a that lot we're more. Yeah. Beginning to understand it. And the more that these folks get together and start collaborating and understanding their power, I think that's when we also start leveraging. Uh, we go back to leveraging our economic power, our, mm-hmm. our, our creative power in the city. Like things won't move if, if, if all of us say, fuck that, we're not doing a damn thing, no one's going to paint anything on this building until things are, are, are looking up our way, you know, mm-hmm. are, are looking up towards us. And I think once we really start realizing that in, in that effort, I think the power really shifts back to the creative. So, um, yeah, while, while I, I, I totally disagree with Francine. Because um, <laughs> uh, I did not I, because, know she was going to be a part of the conversation. <laughs> this is awesome. Because I totally know better. We all totally right. know mm-hmm. better. But I'll, at the same time, when we talk to our artists, we have to encourage them like, yo, find something, find someone to connect with on the west side of town to mm-hmm. do a show. The well, more y'all connect that way, the bigger you become. Yeah, because I feel like people n- know it. The artists themselves know it. Because mm-hmm. they're in the community. Right. But I mean, what I'm saying is they know that their community is siloed. Not even a community, but they're seen. Um, when I talk to folks, it's like when you hear politicians talk about well, the problem is we're more divided and we need to work together more and cross the aisle. And then they're on Twitter saying, you know, cry more lib or this and that. <laughs> like, that you're part of the problem. When I, I interview, uh, say, rappers for a second, uh, I talk to so many different rappers who are like, you know, we're too, we're too much in our cliques and we're not collaborating enough and we're not doing anything. Well, you do. You've, we've started to see a lot more of that lately and it's like a inching toward type of thing clawing our way through it but i there's an awareness of the issue yeah. and it's it's one of those easier said than done things i feel like well so i 100% agree with what you're saying on collaboration and i think that definitely you know spreads the word you you can see a community for the wholeness when people are collaborating with it rather than individual people but a lot of people just don't collaborate. Some people don't get along with other people and things like that, whatever it may be, which is why I totally, uh, from what you said, there's, there's not enough spaces that offer certain, it, sometimes any, mm-hmm. cultural activation whatsoever. Like Camp North End spent the past three years building themselves up into what they are, and now they're a collaborative space for all kinds of creatives mm-hmm. across every different... Uh, genre of art and then you you know for if you wanted to continue what you're saying about rappers and stuff you had snug harbor like for for where for where that culture crosses boundaries you had one place where you could experience that and i think that if in hot spots around the city and around town and out on the west side and on the east side and the north side and the south side if there were more spaces for that creation to happen then everybody would be more in tune with what's going on because what people really look for, and th- okay, when I say when I say people, I'm I'm, I'm only talking about myself. <laughs> this is first person. 
I look for a space to hang out at, and then I hope that that space offers me what I might be missing. So I think like more spaces need better curation on those creative people and putting them out there. Now, of course, COVID and whatever, so fucking whatever. But <laughs> before COVID, it was the same problem. But I think COVID is making people think differently, right? Because that right. whole, like, I can do it by myself thing is gone. Like, you can't, mm -hmm. True. Right? right? And so there, I see and hear a lot more about collaboration and kind of reaching beyond what your traditional boundaries are. And I think for mm -hmm. Camp North End, um, shout out, we keep talking about them. Um, but like there was a, a level of intentionality mm -hmm. when it was being created, right? And so like, how do we connect to where we are? How do we ensure that different groups of people feel comfortable here? You know, and that was from like, not only programming, but like, how do we make these spaces affordable? Mm. You know, how do we phase in? How do we dedicate space um, to make sure that local, like, creative folks and businesses thrive first, and then we consider bringing in someone else. And and so there is that level of intentionality that is there, which I think makes it successful. And the challenge, I think, for organizations that have been in Charlotte for a long time um, is that they haven't that's not how they started. Legacy right? mindset. Yes, right. legacy mindset. We have to constantly overcome that all the time because everybody in our industry is operating off of running a print newspaper for 30, 40 mm -hmm. years. It doesn't work like that anymore. Right. So when it doesn't work like that anymore, the question is how do you make that change? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you got to do it. You right. got to do the work. I've, right. just, I've always been a fan of more spaces offering... Even collaborative opportunities. If there were just more Camp North Ends, just more spaces, we're, just, we're so lack on, you know, everything that's new that goes up, everything to read about in the Charlotte agenda or anything, some new development. It's just an apartment complex or somewhere where you can get the same food that you can get two miles up the street, and that's right. it. And somebody's going to paint a pretty mural on it, and somebody's going to take a picture, and it's not necessarily saying that that mural is meaningful, but what do you create in that space that allows for meaningful, creative interactions. Because most of the time, it's nothing. Right. Think about the rail yard South End. New beautiful development up there in South End. It's got the Italian spot and a place where you stir things. And a new art studio. Place they open. stir things? <laughs> what do you stir? Stir. It's, oh. it's called stir. Oh. You don't actually stir anything. Oh. Um, I would not be surprised. <laughs> you never know these concepts. They did open an art gallery in there. There is an art gallery that's open there. Um, and Rhino Market and, you know, they're bullshit and stuff like that, but they have this big open uh, space outside. They've got a big open space inside, and it's just like, you know, you don't see spaces like that activating and engaging with the community because it's all money grab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's why I just, you know, aside from the new cinema that's going up, the old Manor Theater people, you don't see a whole lot of new developments that are there to cultivate what is in the community already. I'm actually very excited. We just drove by it uh, delivering yesterday. Uh, Five Points is all getting redone and renovated and rebuilt, however you want to say it. Uh, and that's an activation being done by Center City and Historic West End and mm -hmm. I think Culture Blocks. And that's going to, I think that's going to be a big deal just because, you know. I hope it doesn't, it's like you, you said with Camp North End, it has such potential to only boost gentrification, or they could be purposeful about making it a community area for 
that doesn't, you know, however you can go about doing it, not, you know, adding to the problem. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the tough part. Which I, I think is pretty easy. Right. When you do it purposefully. Like that personal qualm that I have with Camp North End is the fact that, <laughs> you know, they, they had four food stalls, right? This, this is my prime example. <laughs> They've got four food stalls. They brought in three people I've never heard of before. I don't know if they were local or not. I think Blue Barn Bistro was a food truck here before. But La Caseta and whatever, and Plant Joy, yeah, Julia Simon local and whatever. But I'm saying, like, you got Mr. Charles's Chicken and Fish four blocks up the street, right. one of the most popular restaurants on that block that serves people that don't venture beyond my mm -hmm. street down mm -hmm. that way. And what you could have done at any point in time is go to Mr. Charles's Chicken and Fish and say, I've got this food stall opening up. Would you like first dibs, because you're in the community, to have this space to present your product to new people that we will be bringing into this neighborhood who may not venture beyond where we are mm -hmm. to go experience what you're doing? And in that sense, you can still hire people from the community to work here. So I'm just saying, like, yeah. They're okay, great but all. that's just an ideal. You have no idea where they're at with their business or where they want to open a food stall or not. I don't. I don't. <laughs> or even just but, like y'all can go down the street to this place that I'm going to next. Sure. They don't. They don't like when you go there. I never see them offer like here's what else is in this neighborhood. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying like, you know, there were opportunities that could have been taken that I felt would have been better. In my own opinion. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, like the, I like the folks who have been there already, for sure. That's what I'm saying. You just, you're just you stuck in your 76 acres. Just branch uh. out. I love Camp North End. I gave them best collaborative space. I wrote that piece. I love going to Camp North End. I love going there on Friday nights. I've never eaten from any of those food stalls because they're never open when I go there. I just oh. Maybe I'm a weird eater, but... <laughs> <laughs> definitely a weird eater. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's just other steps that could have been taken. But I do think, right, but the, the catch is cat... Yes, so I'll say that. But Camp North End or any single entity can't be the solution mm -hmm. for all of it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem. Like we point to very few places as like the model when there are so many other organizations, locations, groups of people that could do the same work. Of course. And so the question is, why aren't we doing the same work? Um, and when are we going to do the same work? Because like not doing it at this point is, I, I personally feel not an option mm -hmm. because people have reevaluated their priorities. Um, I think allegiances have shifted. So if you can't be fulfilled, like, you know, folks are like real tight with their dollars and time, you know? And so if I can't get what I need from you, I'm going to find somebody where I can, um, and then you have to just kind of deal with that. And I, and, I, and I feel that way about arts organizations um, intimately because we've had conversations about this. I feel this, that way about the way that we kind of structure community. Um, and if we don't get it together, you know, in 2021, 22, I don't know when we get out of this, like, <laughs> you know, then that might not, you might not thrive beyond that. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home. 
because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Imagine if next week we went back to the way the world was in February. Do you think you might see a collapse of collaboration because everybody can oh, go off on their yeah. own? Yeah. Hell yes. Uh, and I hate I, I, <laughs> no. I'm gonna no. And I, and I need the pushback because, and, and I'm only gonna speak of this because because of my experiences, right? Um, because I've seen, and we could go back to, we could go back to we were talking about Snug Harbor was a, a sort of a, a hub for hip hop, but it, uh, and that's where everybody went, and that's true. But there was also the common market. We also had the tavern, and when we started Hella Collab was the intention of bringing uh, DJ SBK and Earl Grey over with us at Sounds in 16 to collaborate on a hip-hop night. We realized that they were doing something on one night, and we were trying to do something on the same night. I was like, well, fuck it. We'll stop our night to work with y'all on a new night just to bring everything together with that, with that intent, intentionality. Like, we weren't trying to make a buck. We were just trying to get folks together. We offered, it was performers could come for free, producers could bring their beats, Every, everything wow. was for free, and we would have the lowest numbers ever. So we were like, we don't know what we're not doing and or doing. We were just going to keep doing it. And I think a lot of it gets clickish, and I think a lot of it gets clickish and a money grab. So I think when things go back to if, – if things – in your scenario, if things go back to where they were, I think there are folks who are implants here. There are folks who – who are not true to this community will see an opportunistic value to to that to that, and that's and that could be an echo of the gentrification, an echo of those developers who don't live here, who will come in and be like, "Here's an opportunity. <laughs> We're from Canada, anyway." So, and and say, "Listen, there's a spot over there. We're gonna do this night. We don't give a fuck who's been doing it forever. We're gonna come over here. We're gonna charge ten dollars. We're gonna make it look sexy. And if we make it look sexy, everybody will come, and then everybody will say, this is the thing to do.' And then." things shift and people were like, well, they stopped coming to our event. We're going to do our own. And then that, that little bit, that little drop starts this giant divide because one of the things that we, I was sitting for sitting in on an arts and science council, uh, just a committee for trying to figure out the arts culture, the creative culture. And a, a lot of what happens is what we were saying is this, this city is trendy. We will follow a trend in a heartbeat, right. in a heartbeat, instead of setting our own mind. And again, I'm sitting at a table of no betters. We all know better that that's not necessarily true. But for folks that don't live here, you know, who come from other cities where the trend is the thing, they follow that. And then someone figures that formula out. And then 
this diversion of collaboration starts to happen, and then you, and then that's where I see a collapse, mm-hmm. and that's the only that's the reason I say that. I don't wish it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God knows I don't wish it because where we're at now, seeing people work together and create stuff and and stuff that I hope lasts past a pandemic that's sustainable is what I'm praying for. But yeah, I, I think if we get out of it too fast and folks haven't really established themselves, we go into a dystopia that's. <laughs> All right. Well, I need to be a Chanel little bit more said, optimistic. Yes, you don't than agree? That. No, I think because so parts of yes, I agree with a lot of what you said, mm-hmm. but I think that, or I hope that, and maybe that's what it is. Like when we go, like should this magical moment happen, right? Yes, yes. You know, and I'm I wouldn't be mad at that. Allow me to say that too. If like tomorrow Speak suddenly it. like everything was better, Speak what I will Speak be the it. first person outside <laughs> acting a monkey. But um, I think that the thing is, even if we go back, right? Even if that happens, we have this memory now of what we have been through, and mm. I hope that we learn from it because I. Because people have been so affected, right? It was, it's not, it's beyond inconvenience at this point. Like, (laughs) folks are, like, truly trying to just, like, make ends meet and, like, survive the day. Mm. And I hope that that is, I just kind of, like, think of people who have been through trauma and, like, that changes you inherently. So my hope is that there's some lesson learned um, and there's some protection that we see and value in working with each other and being collaborative because you don't know. I mean, and nobody was expecting all this, like, you know, maybe a little throat tickle or something, but now, you know, and this, and here we are like waiting for who knows when. So I think it, it, my hope is that people learn from this, that we don't forget kind right. of what this is. Right. Um, and that the only way that folks have been making it in some cases is like really bringing pe- people together and like really pushing and, and doing new things, things that would scare us before um, simply because they weren't correct or, you know, the powers that be wouldn't necessarily look kindly on it. You know, like people are just like really taking chances. And I, and I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that it, it, it continues um, without us needing to have a space where people continue to suffer and, and you know, be in this. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of optimism. I'm with you, Janelle. I'm with <laughs> you. you. I'm with Blues. Absolutely. I'm with Blues. Thank you. I think that once everybody has the opportunity, they're all going to go back to being as selfish as possible. Well, because Because what's there to think about aside from yourself once you get back into the... It's always like, you know, take care of number one. I just... I see people going back to being selfish. I'm not a selfish guy. I'm not saying it's I got into journalism because I hate group work. So (laughs) I get it. I get it. And I I think I can can find a little bit of balance in what you're saying. I, I don't think it's the creative. I think the creative person... I hope, right? I hope that what happens is the people who support the creatives don't get into this, I'm going to follow the trend thing. Because I think that's what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. the people who are genuine at what they're doing, like, I've created this for the community, and when we get out of this pandemic, it's still going to be here. And then they go and turn on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they don't mm-hmm. show up. Mm-hmm. They stop supporting. And that's where I say we fall back into this this place where Charlotte, particularly the po- people who are supposed to support Charlotte artists, 
get uh, they they stop for mm-hmm. some reason they don't show up for some reason if if Janelle plans this dope event that happens at nine p.m. but it rained at eight thirty a.m. <laughs> they don't show up and. Ryan and Jay, I don't know if you know this of black people, that they will do that. They, <laughs> I do that. They have done this. Like, oh, man, it's raining at 8 a.m. I'm not coming to your event tonight. Oh, yeah. Like, we'll we'll, we'll both do that. If it <laughs> rains that same day, are you, fuck Are you not. those guys? I'm fucking going. <laughs> well, are I got to understand. It's I'm, raining. It's I'm a little raining. bit that guy, but Justin will cancel. He'll ghost for no... He'll just ghost for anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not a cancel... It's Can't raining. Really. <laughs> I can't drive at night in the rain. Well, and I oh, no, I hate driving at night and in I the rain. I stand on my stick. <laughs> <laughs> I stand. No, but I, I I say that to say like because we have a lot of people who don't sometimes genuinely support the artist who is genuinely trying to cre- 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 create uh, an economic ecosystem or whatever uh, of creativeness in the city. That they're they're literally you know working their asses off to just curate something that you should come to, because God forbid, <laughs> I create something and then I turn around and hear someone say, "There's nothing to do here." Right. You're like, motherfucker! I just <laughs> I just put on one of the biggest <laughs> events in the city, yeah. and you say there's nothing to do. Yeah, uh, and it's it's that thing. So yeah. that's what that's what I'm hoping does not happen. Right. So. Well, we, uh, me and Ryan, we don't have any money, so we just support the arts by telling stories. Hope that's okay. That's that's enough. That is enough. That's what's necessary because a lot of artists don't tell their stories, right? They can't, Mm -hmm. not that they can't, but they're not taught to right. Right, tell that story. And Mm -hmm. so we definitely need to. They shouldn't have to. It's, uh, It's on other people to support art. That's the whole thing. You create. So that other people come in and support it, consume it, tell right. other people about it, share it yeah. with other people, do all kinds of stuff. It's not your fucking job to tell your own fucking story. Well, in case anybody <laughs> couldn't tell, we are skipping over the second half of the podcast, the local <laughs> news aspect, because this conversation is way too good, um, and I'm loving it. Uh, something I'm curious about, just in terms of, there's a certain, there was a lot of talk around whenever uh, the, the vote failed in 2019, and there was a lot of talk around, you know, certain organizations, certain people, certain uh, independent artists are going to fail or, or drop off or not be able to support their work and have to, you know, do, a lot of artists are already working full-time or part-time jobs. But is there a, now that COVID has come uh, and, and done its thing, if COVID you will. What? Um, the novel coronavirus. <laughs> oh, the novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that um, it's not as uh, it's not as uh, tangible as saying this restaurant closed, that restaurant closed, this retail store closed. Um, do you guys see in your communities, in your scenes, I guess, uh, people you work with? Do you see that effect on folks um, in a way that we not we might not hear about because it doesn't make news the way a restaurant closure does? Um. Yes and no. I, I, some of some of my friends have been struggling before COVID. Like, right. So this is this is not necessarily anything new for them. It's this, still the same struggle, different day. Um, I, I'm hearing a lot of calling vic- your friends broke on the podcast. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I get what you mean. Poets, poets already know I'm gonna call them broke. Uh, <laughs> but I see, I see some of the opposite. I'm seeing a lot of victories, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing them being able to pivot and get their work out and getting noticed and hired for different kinds of work. Um, but there, of course, there are those that are that you know are truly are affected that 
they've had to shift deeper into their passion because they literally lost their job. So one door closing is another one opening kind of thing is happening, which, you know, it, it, it sucks when you're forced into something because, you know, at this point it's sink or swim. And it's always better to, to do it on your own because then you have a backup. And when you don't have a backup, you got to just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, what I've been able to see is a lot of my poet friends who, who have lost gigs or whatever figure it out. And that's on like, I, I used to worry about them. I was like, I don't know why I'm worried about you. You're going to figure this shit out because, you know, you have been. You've been doing this most of your life. You've been an amazing creative person and making a way out of no way. So the only thing different now is, you know, you have you have more access to things you didn't have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of touring for a poet is, is sort of a dream. It was a dream for a lot of poets. Being able to hop a plane, go to this city, this city, this city, this city, this city. And it was the it was the tour life. Now, when I tell them, like, when you think of tour life, don't think Jay-Z, Beyonce. Right. Literally think of you and your whatever kind of car you got trying to get to the next city. I think of, like, a C-level comedian road comic. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know who I really like? Sorry. Joss Smalls. Yeah. Yeah. Just I love John. that guy. He's amazing. <laughs> I just love that guy. He's Lord. a dope dude. So, and he's another example of making things shift and pivot. So we get into this idea of now you don't have to, to leave your house to tour. Everybody's setting up these, these, these uh, online engagements. Now colleges have shifted to where you can just stay at home and do it. So they're figuring that out. Like, oh, I could do 10, 10 spots in a night if I'm careful. If I do it right, I can feature here, 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 here. Even if they're only paying me 50 or 100 bucks to feature, I haven't spent a dime. I'm just been in the house. Most I did was change shirts. Right. So <laughs> I, I, if you're I, clean, right? If, if, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's been the thing that I've seen in terms of what the COVID has done to my to my artist friends, and that's just speaking from a poetry perspective. Mm. Visual artists, I think it's been very different and sort of even more of a struggle, and dance artists too, because mm-hmm. because it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to do a, a, a an Instagram live paint session. Right. You know who's who's gonna sit too long for that unless you're, you know, <laughs> yeah. using some sort of weird situation to paint with. Well, I think that's know. all about timing. You got to find the right time of day where somebody <laughs> might could just be like, because we did it. got to play the right music. Well, we did a thing at the beginning of the pandemic called, uh, I don't even fucking remember. That's <laughs> not what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, Quarantine Live, same as everybody else, uh, where we'd have local musicians playing but they wouldn't start until what, like six or seven or five. Didn't you guys do a, a trivia contest too? Ugh. Yeah, we were doing that for like a little three while. People played every it week. Was, it was first so of all, good. first of all, if you're listening to this, you didn't play trivia. I hate you, but <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the coolest thing ever because it, was, really it was the only trivia that was local to Charlotte. You had to read our p- most recent paper to answer. Two categories of the questions, and there was a general Charlotte trivia, and then a Name That Tune round where we curated a playlist of local musicians that you had to listen to, and then Name That Tune, and it was super cool. We only did like three or four of them, and then we stopped because it's very time-consuming. But yeah, we did that. Time-consuming for the fact that three or four people would play every week. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to, what was his name? Uh, there was a couple people who played. You guys did great. A couple weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we did that. But like, I, I just think like, because I would totally tune into a live painting by somebody that I follow 
right. and thought their art was good and I respect. And, and most of the people that would do live paintings, they have good followings. And then you play the right music and you do it at the right time where somebody can do, like have a beer or drink a glass of wine or have a shot or something and sit on the porch, watch it. But that's a whole lot of what if. <laughs> yes, it is. You, you might know. have one person watching. Right. Um, and, I, and, 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 uh, so yes, <laughs> but but <laughs> I love it. Janelle's oh. a yes but person. I know. Everything, yes. no, I'm everything a yes is but possible. a yes and what you need. I know everything is possible, but but um, you know, I, it's it is. I think there is a difference between performance, um, like poets and, and singers, um, you know, and dancers who are part of companies that can mm. no longer like afford to put on shows and right. therefore cannot afford to you know, support their, their companies or, um, you know, artists who depend on sales when galleries have been shut down for months and some are closing and museums have significantly cut back their acquisition budgets um, or their just desire to, to purchase things because of, you know, what it would look like. Yeah, yeah, uncertainty, one. And two, what it would look like you buying, like, oh, right. work when you're furloughing, you know, staff. Yeah. Because people don't realize that, like, the budget, those two budgets are very different, separate. Yeah. Yes, and different. And so, um, you know, I'm, it, it's it's been tricky. I know artists who are no longer artists who will not be artists again, as they have proclaimed, because they have families to take care of, mm. you know? And I, and I think that we often, when we talk about artists, put them in a context, like, outside of, like, the folks that we live next door to. So, like, when we watch the news oh, and are seeing so people, right. you, you know? So when we see people in these, like, lines at the food bank, you know, some of those folks are the artists that we are, like, talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, when we think about people who uh, have been affected by childcare centers closing. Um, those are the same folks. And, and so it's, it's the consequence or the result of, of COVID I think has had real finance. There are definitely those have whose hustle game is ridiculous. Right. And they are doing like new things and, and really, I think setting themselves up for what comes next in 2022, 21, whenever, but there are a lot that have, um, really kind of t had to take another look at their lives and are just like, I either get supplies or I eat or, you know, my mortgage has been, what do you call it? Deferred? What the thing? You know, deferred. 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 That thing, right? But then, I don't know. I know like, one word evicted. <laughs> I know the other one, rent. <laughs> but you know, like people have like put off like, you know, the, their like mortgage or their utility bills. But then, you know, the truth is after the three months, six months or whatever, all that you owe is due at that moment. Right. Right. So like, the, terrible. it's awful. That's terrifying. And they didn't. <laughs> and yeah. And, the, and you know. Especially the, if you didn't know. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people didn't know. I don't check my mail. That's like, you I might want to do that. Understand <laughs> like, to see his mailbox. I had a stack of mail this big on my counter the other day. I just threw it all in trash. I was like, they'll either turn it off or send me another one. That might be a problem. <laughs> but so I've never you know, met somebody who just lets his utilities get shut off before he pays the bill. It's every worked time. thus far, clearly. So you know, but the fine worked. All right, I know, ahead. right? <laughs> but like, those are the realities, and so I think. Unfortunately, I think the creative world is going to look really different when we 
come out of the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and and I think we have to be as folks in organizations, as supporters of of artists, the folks that tell their stories. You know, how what can we do to prepare for? How can we leverage what we have in order to quickly rebuild or support, you know, this creative community that we all are a part of? Yeah. Well, I like what you said about looking forward to 2021-22 because, you know, unfortunately for those artists who did have to worry about their mortgage being de- deferred. Deferred. <laughs> so that's what we're sticking whatever. with. Yeah. And, you know, taking care of their kids and stuff and, you know, having to step away from art is everybody who doubled down on it, who found ways to pivot, is they they spread word about their name, you know, maybe not far and wide, but further than it would have been had there not been for everybody sitting at home not doing anything, looking for cool stuff to look at and watch on the Internet. So I think that might be a positive step toward the other side of this is they got the internet exposure that they were looking for through collaborations or through going on live or doing a painting or a, a new mural or something. Mm-hmm. That was one thing, you know, I had a lot of, <laughs> I had my own criticisms of the Black Lives Matter mural when it first went up, but all those 17 artists, people now, if they weren't before, are overly familiar with them right. and mm-hmm. will keep following their work and see what they do beyond the pandemic when mm-hmm. they can walk up in person without a mask and touch it don't touch people's art but touch something <laughs> oh they're driving touch on something. it now <laughs> i just had a thought uh if bob ross was around i think bob ross would have made a killing being a painter, <laughs> painter on oh, instagram yeah, yeah. but what? then why are there more oh, well here's 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 my next thought and this is for any artist out there someone should do bob ross inspired paintings right. of rick ross and just Lavana. I can't even. And look, Lavana Parks. That's my homie. Rick I'm a texter as soon as I get out of here. That you play, sounds, that's you all play a bunch of Rick Ross background music, and you paint like Bob Ross, but paint Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can get that down, just do a series of a bunch of Rick Ross's poems, oh paintings. You could make a killing off that. Listen, I wish I bet our Jen producer, <laughs> our producer too. Sarah, is behind you, taking this all in. She's an artist as well. <laughs> I saw her nodding her head vigorously. Yeah. I mean, Jen it's, Hill it's just a pivot. Too. I was just thinking, like, I would watch somebody paint Rick Ross Listen, as, but as you're Bob so, Ross. You're like, so right. I bet if people did instructional videos that were, like, fun, like Bob Ross, like, if they did it like that, they could have made a lot of money. Right. Listen, me and Lavana Parks went to a Black Wednesday Halloween party one year. The day we got Is that when off, you punched Varian yeah, in the I head? Uh, oh, my gosh. She, she was wearing a, a football on. helmet. She was wearing a <laughs> helmet. <laughs> uh, I can't see someone in a football helmet and not come up behind him and hit him in the head. But, uh, <laughs> that's what you get for wearing a helmet. I mean, this was La- built for. Lavana was Bob Ross, and I was her canvas. I'm just saying, Lavana was built for this role. She was born for it. Oh and then I took it off topic and said he assaulted a woman. Yeah, with a football helmet on. <laughs> yeah, that's a This has been a, uh, a real made, fun. They've made amends. Yes. Amends have uh, been made. This has been great. We did not cover any news. I want everyone to go look at the fact that there is a COVID outbreak in Mecklenburg Detention Center right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so uh, That's a big deal. Th- there's that's another person suing the city to remove our homeless neighbors from 12th and uh, College. Which I, I saw that. And I don't know if I was mm. completely mad at it. Because I want the city to do something yeah. for our homeless people. Forcing sure. them to action. Yes. Right. I'm yeah. forcing I t- them to take I totally action. Totally see what you're saying. Because, the, because they can't just, they absolutely can, and they will just right. say, 
get out of here, and then they'll go move across the street or something right, like that. Right. But you're right. Like, it just brings more attention to the fact, fucking do something. Right. How about this? If the person that owns that property is trying to sell that land, why doesn't the city just buy it and build uh, I mean, where they're, they're already living and then they're close to everything else at UMC or RF or RA or whatever roof above is right there and just saying, like, because we're being stupid. Because they can't make a buck off of it, and we all know how the city likes to They can find a, a way to make money off it. They can find a You're way. Also, this is the Mr. Charles thing all over again. This is so <laughs> idea, like, This is just <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> they're not trying to sell that land. They just want the people off of it. But the thing is, <laughs> no, there's that property. No, over that's part no, of the one over. Two, in, yeah, two yeah. sales fell through. Yeah. Right. Well, there's been like three or four lawsuits. I didn't read the new one. But there's well, that land new. over there on North Church Street um, behind Bojangles. Where you and I, we had talked about doing a drive-in movie theater, but there's an actual petition now to go to move folks over there and let them, you know, live in a specific. It sounds so fucking concentration-y though when you have like a certain square that you're allowed to live in. But there's a huge amount of land basically on North Church Street, back parallel to North Tryon, um, relatively close to Urban Ministry Center and Roof Above stuff. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. How else to describe it other than behind the Bojangles? I think it's 15th. No, not 15th. Well, either way, what up? Either way. There's a big petition going on. Jennifer Roberts is, uh, sent it to me the other day, and they're trying to get folks to, to you know move them over and take care of them in the city until they can figure out a solution to this issue. And that's something to think about. I'd... There's all kinds of things to think yeah. about, especially <laughs> when, when housing and shelter should be yeah. human rights under the Constitution. Right, right. right. So, but I'm saying, like, what's the easiest fucking way to do it? Just build a building where they already live on the land that somebody's trying to sell. Like, you got money. Right. Just buy it and do it. And, you know, I'm not... If I was smart enough, I'd be on city council figuring out how to do it. But I'm not. So I'm saying, <laughs> just figure it out. But So we already ran for mayor against each other. I feel like other. you are smart enough for that council. Yeah, probably. I'm definitely smarter than most of them. But, uh, <laughs> but it's not... How about this? It's not my job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot to do, Blues. Don't encourage yeah, them. We got all kinds <laughs> of stuff. We got to leave here tonight and go right back to work. <laughs> We're just going upstairs. Yeah. Um. Well, damn, man. Is I, that it? Is, I could do this. Are all we night, gonna take the commercial break or the, what? The commercial break is out. I already texted her 30 minutes ago and said you're just gonna have to <laughs> stick it in somewhere. Um. But this is a great conversation. Are yeah. there any Thank parting you. thoughts? Uh, things to look forward to. You guys are working on things for people to check out. Um, Websites, social media. <laughs> yeah, uh, check out the McCall Center. Check out Blumenthal Performing Arts. That's what's up. You <laughs> can those, just check out Blumenthal. Yeah. <laughs> those two things. Uh, you can always follow me on Instagram, B-L-U-Z, B-L-U-Z, B-L-U-Z. Uh, just did an amazing project with my man, Anthony Rodriguez, a.k.a. Anro, called The Dual Log. It's on Bandcamp, so go check that out. Shouts out to uh, uh, The Amplifier. My girl Joni Deutsch over there did a nice uh, interview on us. And uh, yeah, we're doing a uh, uh, acoustic grace at the Grace uh, Brooklyn Grace over there in Brooklyn neighborhood, December 10th. So if you go to the Blumenthal website, you can see it on there and get your reservation tickets. And I'm starting the Adelier, Adelier, <laughs> that's how you say it, Adelier uh, writing workshop for poets. So if you're a poet and you want a performance and writing workshop for you to do, it's going to be happening. That's also on the uh, Blumenthal website. It will happen every first and second Tuesday. Uh, so, I mean, sorry, first and fourth Tuesday. Uh, so check that out. 
Why do you guys call it something so Adelier. difficult to pronounce? What is it? Adelie. 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 It's a fancy French word for uh, workshop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so aren't you just call? I knew because, that. Because <laughs> calling I it. Didn't. I knew that. My last name is La Francois. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, je parle français. Calling it the workshop just seemed a little, like, lazy of a poet. <laughs> 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 What you got going on, Janelle? I don't have a fancy word like that, but uh, I don't. Um, it felt like he made it up, so just say whatever you want. <laughs> say, I'm at, I'm a, I'm at Amelie's. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> don't say that. Oh, my goodness. No, but I, uh, we... Um, there, I think some exciting things that are happening at the McCall Center. Um, we're really kind of doubling down and, and committing to local artists. And so while COVID is slowing some stuff down um, in terms of access... Um, there really will be some opportunities to support artists long-term that are kind of coming up this spring. So, you know, I would just say, check us out, see what we're doing. Um, come and say hi or like tune in wave from across the street, right. whatever it is. <laughs> um, but just know, and, and, and you, you brought up the resident residency. Mm -hmm. I think I that maybe, but it laid a really good foundation for um, some work that's happening now. Nice. Yeah, I feel like McCall Center doesn't get enough recognition. No, I love it because as of like museums. Yeah, because it's one of those things where um, Armando was telling us when we did the Fall Arts Guide, when all the museums were reopening, he said, "You know, we're not like other. Mm -hmm. We're a residency. Right. The whole museum is a residency. It's studios, basically. It's not." Which is what makes it so interesting. Right. And They'll so do gallery different. events every once in a while, but yeah, I love that place. Um, and not to mention the fact it's in a fucking castle. I, I mean, know. Yeah, that's the best <laughs> right. I've right? literally never been in there before. <laughs> what? Ever? So no, I've never. Why not? I don't know. Is to throw their best because McCall Center doesn't get so enough fun. attention. Okay, <laughs> so you need to come. Listen, right. can you just guys... in for a nice pr price for a best in the nest party? I'll yeah. pay. I'll pay full price for whatever. But like, can I go? Yes, you could. Everyone it's open. can go. It's oh, open yeah, right yeah. now. Well, okay, so wait, 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 wait. There's about a hundred so, people, people headed over there. Right? <laughs> there's, a, there's a yes, but. <laughs> yes, 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 but. but. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, um, the the current arts and residents are there, and they are kind of wrapping up their season. So we're about to enter into like a, a quiet moment for the holidays, but the new residents um, start in January. Okay. Um, so you can come then, and but we're trying to really think about how to be safe. So um, you know, do the stuff, wear your mask, social distance, touch nobody. yada yada. I won't touch um, nothing. But if you check out like the website, you'll definitely will announce kind of like when the next group is in. Um, and we would love for like you and everyone, especially you, if you've never been there, what? So like for you to come and, and check it out. And it's a, it's a really cool building. Like there's, a yeah. And you guys just had a, you guys just had a benefit art sale too. Yeah. Raised what? Like $93,000 or something Holy. like that. Raise Some that amount money. of money. Yeah. Damn. It was good. It was good. They did. Oh, they can did I just, well. can I just point something out very early in this podcast? Uh, what did I do? You're pointing near me. Yes, I am pointing at you. <laughs> Justin used a new noun that I'm going to start using. He said, there are a lot of givebackers out there. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, yes. I just said givebackers. Like, yeah, give I made word. that up. Because who wants to say philanthropist when you can say <laughs> givebacker? Give <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, because it's always sunny in Philadelphia ruined the word philanthropist Literally watched that episode last night. Yep, full-on rapist. Watch. Let's just give back. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
You're gonna. I wasn't ready. You're gonna have to watch that episode for context into yeah. that. Uh, into yeah. That, what that means. I, I, he tried to tell a girl he was a philanthropist, and he fucked up the pronunciation. Oh god. So full on rapist. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna end on that note. <laughs> Are we? Bye. Now can we soften that a little yeah. bit? Sure. <laughs> you got something. Uh, give back while How about you're out this? there. Blues. I didn't Be plan on doing backer. this. You got something quick and uh, oh, spit for us. Poetry, something. <laughs> Just like a, a minute as a verb. Poetry. <laughs> when we when we talk about a pivot, imagine this. Imagine a whole magazine pulling some fuck shit. Saying, hey, all you writers, you're fired. As a matter of fact, we're folding under because we don't want to fund you anymore. So you get some folks who be like, all right, I see you. You're working on our Queen City nerve. So what we're going to do is flip this. We're going to pivot ourselves into something different, into something more community related. So they created something so beautiful out of nothing. When someone told them that their something was already gone and faded, they're like, you can never fade us. We're writers. We're providers of a word and a story. We're providers of stories for those folks who won't get heard. We're amplifiers. We have the best of the nest. Two-year anniversary in here we are, standing tall, Queen City's best. Yes, the nerve. You got my man, LaFrancois, and of course my man, Pitkin. Sitting right next to him is Miss Janelle Logan. And me, I be B-L-U-Z Blues. You already know the news. We are here forever, forever, ever. Shout out to Andre Three Stacks, and we will be back for our third, fourth, fifth year. Anniversaries ain't nothing but um, just another time to celebrate who's the best of the best. And shout out to Queen City Nerve for having two beautiful black folks on their cover. I could never, ever, ever have dreamed of being on something so beautiful, something so magical. <laughs> and you may say, hey, it's just a magazine. Nah, it's a testament to two people, to a group of folks who just decided that they were not going to stop following their passion. And then they put two folks on the cover of folks who are following their passion, who included people who are following their passion inside their pages. Man, let me tell you something right now. It is beautiful to see how all of this goes up and watch all of these blessings come down. So I'm freestyling right now, and I'm going to go ahead and end it like this. Uh, Shout out to the Queen City Nerve. Two years anniversary, man. Y'all did it. For sure. <laughs> Fucking shut it off. End it right there. End it. Cut. Cut.